0: Blank, now what stories? So we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question now what? Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Jessica Stevens, the host of I Just Blank, Now What, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the 4th be with you for all my Star Wars fans out there. Today is a special day. It's officially Star Wars Day. And it's a special day for me too. So today marks the 7-year anniversary of when I started my business with Arbonne. And I am sharing my I-just-need-an-exit-strategy-now-what story with all of you to let you know how I actually ended up starting a business with Arbonne uh, and becoming an entrepreneur that led me to the life that I have now being you know a a online entrepreneur and a podcast host and you know a a serial entrepreneur and multi-passionate doing all sorts of fun things. It is really because of this story of needing an exit strategy out of my corporate career four reasons that I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to kind of rewind the tape a little bit for you guys, take you back to where I was before I started my business and what was kind of the impetus and the driver for me to get going and use this amazing tool of social marketing as my exit strategy out of the corporate world. Full disclosure, I actually had no intention of staying with Arbonne or my business back when I actually started it. I really was using it as a way for me to get out from where I was because I just didn't want to be there anymore, but I just didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. And I'm just so grateful that I ended up falling in love with the business that I'm in now. I'm considering myself a lifer and all that good stuff. But anyways, let's rewind the tape. Let's go back to where my life was before May 4th, 2000, and I don't even know what year that was, 2015? Yes, I can do math. Yeah, so let's rewind the tape. I'll take you back to what was going on in my life before this, which is the reason why I needed an exit strategy. And it's pretty simple, my life changed right? So for most of you who have been listening to the show for a little while, know that I used to work in advertising. I had a, you know, wonderful career in that industry for, you know, 15 plus years, and I loved it. It was super fun, really exciting, got to do cool things and shoot TV commercials on top of mountains in Chile and work on big brands and with amazing creative people. If you're, you have a corporate career, Definitely marketing and advertising is what I thought was the most fun and exciting space to be in. So if you had to have a 9-to-5 or a 9-to-9 grind, working in the creative space at least kind of gave you that fun creative outlet. So that's what I was. That's what I did, and it was awesome, and it really gave me a good life. I had, you know, a great place, I had a condo in the city, I drove a nice car. If any of you know me personally, you know that I'm a little bit of a self-proclaimed fashionista, I had great clothes, like I just was living that kind of ideal single girl in the city life. And it was great until it wasn't, because I was actually approaching the age in which I really wanted to be married to a human... <laughs> And I realized that I was married to my career. And I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but it's like as you approach this milestone birthday that starts with a three and ends with a zero, you start to like like, oh my God, and evaluating like, am I ever going to be in a relationship? Am I ever gonna have, you know, this person in my life? Obviously, you all know that I eventually did, find the hubs, or the hubs found me, whichever way you want to play that story, and we did get married. So we did, we got engaged, we got married in a hot minute, which, you know, is what you do when you're in a long-distance relationship. So if you're interested in learning more about our long-distance relationship, go back to season one and check out I Just Started a Long-Distance Relationship Again, Now What Story, and it'll fill you in on the backstory of me and the hubs. But needless to say, you know, once the hubs finally did get here after that very long immigration story for us where it took us almost two years to get him into the country. He was now here legally, which was fantastic, and we were so excited, and we were gonna do all the things. We were gonna like live together for the first time. We were gonna do all that fun stuff, and then I got laid off my job shortly after he arrived, which is another story from season one, so you can go and check out that one. But the clincher for me was the fact that he was a pilot, And now that he was physically here, that was great. But the reality was, is like, he was actually never consistently gonna be here. Like his job, by the nature of being a pilot, was going to be taking him away. And I started to look at my career in advertising as a little bit of a jail sentence, to be honest. You know, even though the hubs hadn't started working at that point yet, life as a pilot is, taken off, going to places, and to the outside world, somewhat glamorous. (laughs) And being a new pilot's wife, it looked glamorous to me too, or at least I thought it was going to be. And so my career in advertising, where I physically had to show up to this building every day, you know, for 60, 70, 80 hours a week, however many hours I was logging at the time, felt like dread. And like, oh God, that feels like a life sentence that I just do not know if I want to be fulfilling anymore. And so I definitely started to fall even more out of love with my career. But again, when you're in something for so long, 15 years at the time, it's kind of hard to imagine yourself doing something else. It's kind of hard for you to envision what life outside of those four walls or cubicle or that place is, because it's all you've known since the very beginning. Like literally, I left university and jumped into my advertising career. And that's the only thing I ever did. Fast forward, and you know, the hubs struggled finding a job in Canada. You know, they wanted that thing called Canadian experience, which sounds crazy, but it's a real thing for a lot of immigrants. You know, oh, you have great experience, but none of us Canadian, so we're really not gonna take a shot with you. Anyways, so as you can imagine, a pilot who is not flying is not in a good space. Like, being grounded as a pilot is like a fate worse than death. And so we were pretty desperate to get him back into a plane, as you can imagine. And we started looking at opportunities outside of Canada because that's what we had to do for his career. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's kind of what you have to do. You have to kind of take the situation at hand and be like, all right, well, what's the next best move for us? And the next best move for us was to get him flying and if that meant he had to leave and get based in another city and or country then that's what we were going to contemplate or at least at the very least explore. So he took off for those interviews and I remember distinctly the night before he left he pulled out the suitcase it was on the bed I was sitting there next to him and my whole life just kind of flashed before my eyes at that point of him packing his suitcase I'm like this scene is gonna play out forever because Jess, he's a pilot, right? Like, this is the gig. You are now a pilot's wife and watching him pack his bags and walk out the door is going to become the norm. And you physically have to show up to this office every day. So that's not really gonna work out well, especially at the time we were still intending to have children. And I was thinking, I'm like, how in the world am I gonna be a solo parent you know, three weeks out of the month with him home here and there, a few days here, a few days there, and work like 70, 80 hours a week, because that's what I was currently logging at the time. So that just felt crazy to me. And so I went to bed that night, and I said my prayers. I'm like, I need something that is going to let me be free. I need something that's going to let me pick up and go and travel and follow him if that's what it takes because I really want us to be together, right? Like, you know, when you get married, the whole intention of being married is being together. And at that point, we had been married for going on three years and the longest we had spent together in one sitting before one of us left the other person was three and a half weeks. Like we hadn't even cracked a month of like sleeping in the same bed together, at night overnight before one of us would leave the other person. So yeah, being together was really appealing, and that's when I knew I needed out. I needed something that was gonna give me the flexibility and freedom for this new life that I had. You know, the life that I once experienced as a single woman living in the city with the designer clothes and shoes, and going to the office and going to the parties and working, that was no longer my life. I was now married. I now had this other person that I had to take into consideration and think about. We were a team. We were a partnership. And so what was going to be best for this partnership was me changing my career and doing something that was going to be much more complementary to his career. And I'm not saying that his career was more important than mine. I'm saying that He had a passion for what he was doing. He loved being a pilot. And I had already started to fall out of love with my career at that point. And so, really, I volunteered. I was like, yeah, I'm not loving what I'm doing. So I'm gonna be the one that makes the change. I gratefully did it. You know, at the time, my reasons for wanting to leave advertising was in support of him. But in hindsight, it really was for me, because I was no longer happy doing what I was doing, and I just didn't know how to get out. Being really, really honest, leaving my career in support of my husband as an act of unity and taking one for the team, I could get behind, because I'm that kind of person of, I will show up really big, and support and help other people in my life in a heartbeat. But at the time, I wouldn't necessarily have done that for myself. I wouldn't necessarily have valued my own desire to do something different and better just for me, total honesty. So I needed the hubs to help put me on that path of getting the exit strategy together for him But in hindsight, it it totally was for me, and I'm the one who benefited the most out of me actually getting out of that industry and that career and all the things. But at the time, it was definitely an act for him. So that is when this kind of all unfolded. So I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I just know I needed to do something different. I knew I needed to get out of that office. I needed to be able to pick up and go and be mobile and free to travel and follow him wherever his career may take him. So said those in my prayers that night. Woke up the next morning, took him to the airport, wished him good luck, and I went to the office and a girlfriend called me at lunch time and asked me what I was doing that night, and I said nothing, I was home alone, that the hubs had just left, and she's like, great, (laughs) meet me after work for dinner, and come to an event with me, and I said, sure, what kind of event? And she's like, shopping, and I was like, Done, sold. Like she literally said, the magic word that was gonna get me to meet her, even if it wasn't shopping, I was still gonna do it. But the fact that it was, I'm like, yeah, some retail therapy is exactly what I need this evening, so I'm game. So I went and I met my now mentor and and business partner, and she was sharing information about this amazing company that was a legacy brand in the health and wellness space and all of the accolades that we had achieved at that point and our certifications and what the company stood for. It was vegan and gluten-free and non-GMO and, and all of that good stuff, which I totally bought into the product story of this brand because as I said, I worked in advertising. I knew all the lies we told about products all the time, right? Hate to break it to you, my friends, but those celebrities normally actually don't use the products that they're endorsing. (laughs) They're paid a ton, ton of money to do it, but they don't necessarily use those products and those brands when they are not shooting those commercials or those TV um, magazine ads. You know, it's, it's not always real. And I think us as consumers, you know, kind of have tuned into that fact. Lots, Lots of things have changed over the years, but at the time, celebrities were actually not using the products that they were endorsing the way that they potentially are now. So yeah, I totally bought into the story. I was not much of a product girl. I'm still not, to be completely honest. Like, mascara and lip gloss is a really good day for me, but I was something who was very health conscious. I was very environmentally tuned in. Like, I was that kid in elementary school who like really latched on to the recycling program and making sure all the things ended up in the right boxes and the blue box and the green box and what can go in the garbage. So I cared a lot about the planet. I was very conscious about certain things and toxins. I was a bit of a minimalist, and so I really wasn't interested in slathering myself with all sorts of stuff and living pretty clean. And I was a healthy eater and you know physically fit. So a lifestyle brand, kind of like lined up for me of you know what I was already you know doing, a little bit of here and there. I ended up buying some product that night, but to be honest. I really actually started paying attention to what the woman at the front of the room was saying when she started talking about the business side of the brand, right? As I said, you know, products were great. I, you know, totally bought into the story, but not being much of a product person. I was like, "Cool. All right." And then she's like, "You know, the brand is part-time. You can build it alongside of your existing life, your career, whatever you got going on, your commute, kids, pets, all your commitments. If you have a busy life, this brand really fits into the nooks and crannies of that really well. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, that's really important because <laughs> I can't just quit my my job and start a business. I'm the only one making money right now because uh, that hubs of mine was still seeking out his first opportunity to get his pilot career off the ground here in Canada. And the next thing she said was that it was, you know, it was a really great lifestyle and a lot of benefits. And and I'm like, well, where we live here in Toronto, Canada is hella expensive. And so yeah, it needs to bring in a certain level of income for me to make this worthwhile. Then the last thing she said is that it was digital and mobile. And she literally waved her phone at me. Well, it wasn't just me. It was actually the whole room, but I really felt like she was talking directly at me. You know, when you have this feeling that something is just really meant for you. That was the feeling that I was getting from this woman in this girl's condo that night that I had shown up to. So bought some products, went home, couldn't sleep. My brain was just like really excited and on rapid fire. And it was just something that kind of sparked my mind open to what was possible. And what if I didn't have to find another job? Like what if This is the thing that could allow me to pick up and go and travel and be free. Like, what if, what if I could do this? Like, what if this could be my second act? And it wasn't about finding a job that was going to let me do that, but starting a business of my own that would give me all the freedoms that I wanted to have. (gasps) What if... And so that's what raced around in my brain that night. I literally didn't sleep all that much. I had what I now refer to as Arbon Insomnia. I don't know if any of you have ever had this feeling where you just kind of get this idea in your head and you're just so excited and you're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and you're just, you're, your brain just can't turn off and you're not sleeping. Yeah, that was me. So a couple days later, the person followed up with me and she asked me how I liked my products and what I thought of them. And I was really honest to say, yeah, they were great. Like... My skin was glowing, I felt really good. I really, you know, the things that I had tasted, tasted great. And she's like, are you open just to hearing more? I said yes, because I was open. I was open to hearing more. I was open to figuring out what that exit strategy was gonna be for me out of my job. And at the time, it was the first thing that was presented to me and was seeming like a very viable option. So I said yes. And I'm that person who will always want to learn before I say yes or no. So I'm like, give me all the information so I can decide for myself. It is really hard for anyone to convince me to do anything. I am that person who needs to decide for myself, but I need to be armed with information. I don't like making decisions without knowledge. So I'm like, yeah, tell, tell me all the things, Like, give it to me straight, give me all the info. And then I can decide for myself if this is for me or not. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I got all the details and I was like, oh my God, where was this when I was a student? Where was this when I had gotten laid off from my job for the first time, you know, a few years earlier or the second time? I'm like, oh my gosh, Jess, it doesn't matter where it was. It's here now. That's all that's important. Jump in. This is your moment. So that is literally how I got involved in the amazing social marketing business that I'm in now, I'm so grateful for that friend who called me up at lunchtime. I'm so grateful to that woman who followed up with me and just asked me, are you open to hearing more? I'm so grateful to myself for being open and saying yes just to learn and for taking a risk and doing something a little bit different. So that is what I decided was my vehicle and my exit strategy out of my job so that I could be free and pick up and go and explore and follow my pilot husband and just be in more control of my life versus being an employee that was still always going to have to report into somebody and be told what I needed to do when I need to do it. And even if I found something that was going to give me the flexibility and freedom that I needed for my new pilot wife status, that was no guarantee that I was going to be maintained, right? Like, that's the thing when you are an employee, you know, things change. Restructuring happens, layoff happens. Maybe that job wouldn't have lasted forever, whatever. But if I started this business that was mine, that I was in the driver's seat, then I could drive it down the path that I wanted it to go. And that seemed like a way more viable option for me, so I jumped in. I started my side hustle, my exit strategy, and I exit. I exit strategy for two years, <laughs> you know. And that's not thing. Everything's not overnight. It, it takes time. I had to build it, it to get it to the point where I comfortably walk away from from my six figure career and be able to sustain our livelihood with this business. So it was not instant success. It was not a overnight thing. It took a lot of time, a lot of effort. You know, I, I, I hustled hard for the, for a long time to get it to the point where I can make some choices. And I chose to walk away from that corporate world. I was laid off and it was the third time in four years that I had been laid off. And I just took that moment and that opportunity of being dismissed from my job not to go back not to find another job and to really focus in on my business and run with it and i'm just so grateful that i did so now what i'm going to do that you know the story of my exit strategy and what i used to get me out of my career that i was no longer in love with i'm going to share my seven tips of business that i learned over the past seven years And I gotta be honest, I'm even more excited about my business today, seven years in, than I was back then when I first started and couldn't sleep, right? Like, oh my gosh, so much excitement back then of the possibilities and, you know, what ifs, and I think I can do this, which was great. But now that I'm seven years in, it's even more exciting for me to be part of this amazing company organization and help other people figure out their own, now what? Like, I need an exit strategy out of my career or or my situation, now what? This is, this is these are things that I learned in the past seven years of running my awesome business. So here we go. So my first lesson is, and this is for people who are considering using a vehicle like network marketing as their exit strategy. So obviously there's tons of other things out there that people can do as their side hustles or their exit strategies out of their career. But I'm gonna talk specifically to people who may be interested in joining a social marketing company and brand like I did and using that as their vehicle. So my first piece of advice and lesson is pick a brand that resonates with you and your life, your lifestyle, your interests, and your mission, right, <laughs> or your way of life. So for me, when Arbonne came into my world, it already checked off a lot of boxes for me. As I said, I was already a health-conscious individual. I was also already pretty active and fit. I cared about the planet and the environment. And so you wanna pick a brand and product or service that aligns with your life pretty naturally, okay? So no, I was not much of a product user, but here's the reality is I use products. I bought things from stores all the time. It just wasn't at a very very high volume but I still washed my hair. I still put on moisturizer today. I still brushed my teeth. Like I was still using the products even though I didn't consider myself much of a product junkie because I wasn't a makeup person. So but align yourself with a brand and a company that that fits with you, that it's not going to be like such a tenuous thing for you to do. You know, like me personally, I have like very, very little interest in certain things. And so choosing a business that was going to have me talk about stuff that I didn't really enjoy or like or come natural to me was not going to be a good fit. So I am so grateful that the very first social marketing brand that came across my path was one that really aligned with who I was and for those who are like well I'm not necessarily healthy it's also good for people who want to use it to get them into a lifestyle so even if you aren't currently doing it or living that life if it's an area of interest for you that you can see it being a motivator to like put you down a path that you you've always kind of aspired to go but just didn't know how to go or do or whatnot, that's a great thing too. So a brand that's going to inspire the lifestyle that you desire, that is my first tip. My second tip that I learned is start before you're fully ready and confident because here's the thing, my friends, the only way we get confident in doing something is by doing it, right? The only way we get better at at that thing is by practice. And so you actually have to start before you're ready. Start before you're fully comfortable with the ideas. You gotta just like feel the fear and do it anyways. So that is my next thing is just do it and figure out the rest as you go, right? You don't know how to be the best partner or you know, you've know you never been married before but you decided to get married to this person, you're gonna learn things along the way, right? So just like everything else in life, you actually are not an expert in anything before you start something. And so don't think you need to be an expert in any area of business before you start a business. You just need to start and then you can start building your expertise. So start before you're ready. My third lesson that I got over the past seven years is being consistent and all in. And I'm not talking about... All in in the sense of you have to have this thing consume your life and it be the thing you do morning, noon, night, and, and it takes over everything about you because that's impossible. We have a lot of things that go on in our lives, jobs, families, teams, social commitments, other interests, right? Like we we as humans have full lives and, and if you were to think of about your life as a little pie, there's lots of different sectors in there and your social marketing business is going to be a slice of your life. It's, there's gonna be some gray lines where things kind of intersect and bleed over and complement, which is great. But when people are like, oh, I don't like to do anything unless I can fully commit to it. Well, I, I always question them. I'm like, "Are you okay, so are you talking like full-life takeover to commit? Like it is now your everything you do, live and breathe? Or are you talking about, you know, you deciding what percentage of your life is this thing going to take up and are you going to show up 100% when you are in that slice and 100% effort versus kind of half-assing something. So that's a big difference. When I say all in, I mean be all in for what you say you want out of it. So if you're like, I'm going to side hustle this and I'm going to give 15 hours a week to building you know anything <laughs> starting a podcast doing a craft working on your health like whatever the the hourly commitment is that you put in your brain each week that you're going to dedicate to this thing all I'm saying is of the of the 15 hours that you said that you're going to do show up 100% like really like Be present. Do the things, and not be like, "Oh well, I said I was gonna do this, and then I'm just gonna kind of do it." So that's what I mean by be consistent and all in. Not that this thing needs to kind of take over your entire existence in life, because that's exhausting and no fun and unrealistic. Because we are multidimensional people with a lot going on in our lives, and so you can't have one thing just. Completely consume you. You have children at home, maybe you have a job, you have a spouse, you have other commitments, you have parents to take care of. You cannot do a business 100% of the time, and that is a recipe for burnout. Fourth thing that the lesson that I learned in the seven years is believe in yourself. If you don't know how to do that in the early days, borrow it from somebody who does believe in you. We talk ourselves out of great ideas all the time and it's just out of fear and it's because we are doubting ourselves. But if we actually just believed that we could do it, we could get so much further. And so you have to believe in yourself, you know, fully can. You gotta, you know, borrow a cup of sugar from your neighbor, um, borrow some belief from somebody else and use that until you have a cup of sugar yourself and are confident in your own abilities. But here's the other thing it's got to be you. You have to believe in you. There could be a stadium full of people who believe in you and are cheering you on and chanting for you and knowing like, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. But if you don't believe in yourself, all of their belief means nothing. And the same is true on the reverse. You could be in a stadium of doubters and haters and people who are telling you no and not possible and never in a million years and they could be screaming that at the top of their lungs but if you believe that you can do the thing what anyone else has to say is irrelevant so that is the power of your own thoughts and beliefs in your mind is that it is a thousand times more potent and strong than anybody on the outside of you. So you actually have to really believe that you can do it. If you believe you can, it's the truth. And if you believe you can't, that's also the truth. So you need to decide which story are you gonna tell. Our brain is a computer. It literally just reads the information and the data that we give to it. And so if you tell it over and over and over again, that's what it's gonna believe. Whether it's true or not, it's just going to believe it because it's just data. So tell your brain that you can, that you will, that it's possible over and over and over and over again until your brain starts rewiring to actually compute that. And it'll start sending out the message on on blast to the rest of your body that yes, we are doing this. So yeah, your brain does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. So tell it a really good story. Tell it the story that you want it to believe. Tell it the story that you want to have into existence. And that is what is going to happen. There is a whole science behind it, more than I am um, able to share with you on this podcast, but I've read lots of books. Mel Robbins, if you know who she is, the 54321 woman, she talks about neuroplasticity and the brain and the frontal cortex. Yeah, go look that up. This is what I'm talking about here. Number five, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Oh, don't we know it. Okay, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, is my intention was never really to stay with this business. I was simply using it as an exit strategy to get me from where I was to where I wanted to be, even though I didn't know where I wanted to be Exactly. And so I bursted out of the gates. I was like, I am running. (laughs) Get me as far away from here as possible. Right. And so I was sprinting. I was running pretty hard, which I needed to do because I had a timeline. I needed to move myself from one position to another in a pretty short amount of time. But it wasn't until, you know, that that two year mark where I started to actually believe (laughs) that this was the thing that was for me, that this could be sustainable. And I wanted it to be sustainable. And so it stopped being a sprint and became a marathon. And that was a little bit of an adjustment for me, truthfully, in wrapping my brain around like, okay, we're in this for the long haul. And what can we do sustainably? Like the pace in which I was running at the time personally was not something that I could keep going. So yeah, I kind of had to recalibrate. But business in general, especially this kind of business, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You want a nice sustainable business that's gonna grow steadily year over year obviously there's going to be years where there's declines but it's going to bounce back up so you can't look at those years of hey we're we're not performing as well as we would like to be or we've fallen off or we've dropped a rank or whatever those things are those are just blips in the long term of your business. So once I actually changed my mind and fell in love with the business and the brand and all it was gonna be able to give to me and I decided I was never leaving and I became a marathon runner instead of that sprinter, sustainability, doing things that was gonna help me build a beautiful business long term was what I started shifting focus to versus sprinting hard and fast and just get me what I need right now. I was looking long-term, planting those seeds. What's the, what's the future holding? And preparing me for impact, preparing me for the years where maybe business wasn't gonna be as wonderful, preparing me for the years when life was gonna come at me and I wasn't necessarily gonna be able to focus on my business to the degree that I had in other seasons, right? so. This business is definitely a marathon and not a sprint. And number six is prepare for impact. Build it before you need it. That's my other lesson. I am so, 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 so grateful that seven years ago I said yes to doing this thing that at the time I thought was a short-term gig to get me just out of where I was. Never in a million years at the time did I think that the business I started to just get me out of my job was going to be the thing that gave me the best gift I've ever had as an adult. And that was the ability to just spend seven weeks with my Apo, which is my grandmother, this past winter and spending some really, really, really good quality time with her while she was still able to have quality time and enjoy it and be with us. So my Apo passed away March 21st, 2022. So just, I guess a little over a month and a half-ish ago, suddenly, and it was a shock, but I'm so grateful that I got to spend pretty much most of this winter with her before things got really bad. And I would not have had those seven weeks with her if I hadn't done something seven years ago. So build it before you need it. Do it before you actually need to withdraw from that (laughs) savings account that you've been depositing into week over week, month over month, year over year. Because this business truly helps you prepare for impact and gives you the ability to show up for your family and the people that you love in a way that you will be so grateful for. I am so grateful for. So that is my lesson number six, is build it before you need it to help you prepare for impact. Because here's the truth, my friends, life is going to come at you. You are a listener of this podcast and so you know that you have heard story after story after story from guests coming on the show of telling us when life came at them. It's gonna happen. And all we can do is be as prepared as possible in the areas of life that we have the control to prepare and then let everything else go. So super grateful. That comes to lesson number seven. My seventh lesson is do it with the intention of helping others be in service. So do this, not just to serve yourself and serve your own personal needs, but when you start doing this business in service of others, that's when everything changes. That's when everything just kind of comes together in the most magnificent way. And you really see why this business and this industry is as beautiful and wonderful and amazing as it is. Because when I shifted gears from I was doing this for me and what I needed and moved over to let me help others do what I did so that they can have what I got out of this because it was so wonderful for me and who knows what it'll do for them, everything changed And this is something that, you know, applies not just to social marketing or network marketing business, but any business out there. When you create a business that at the core is there to help and support other people, you will be successful. No matter what, no matter what, you will be successful when you shift that energy of doing it for others. I am reading this amazing book, which I've spoken about on the podcast before called The Calling. And it's all about, staying true, doing good, and getting paid. And I love that lesson of shifting from what I need to what they need and I can benefit and they can benefit and we can all benefit when we are staying true to, to what we believe, you know, we value ourselves to be able to get paid and we're doing good in the world. That's another reason why I love this this business and Arbon brand specifically is you know who we are and the mission and you know our our B Corp status and our goals for sustainability and leaving this planet better than how we found it and helping future generations live with you know healthy minds and happy hearts and you know taking care of one another and doing good and bringing wealth to communities that need it so that they can flourish. You know, the mission of Arbonne is to help people flourish with sustainable, healthy living. And yes, as a brand, those healthy living, you know, is about products that help you live healthier from the inside out. But healthy living is not just about drinking fistics or a protein shake or putting, you know, really clean, Vegan makeup on so you look and feel beautiful. Healthy living is holistic from the inside out. You know, the mind body skin connection, how you interact with your fellow human, how you show up in the world, all the things. Health, sustainable healthy living is something that we all need to do because we're all living longer now than we ever have in history. But it's how well are we doing it? How well are we living? And that is the biggest lesson I've taken away in my seven years of uh, being with this brand and and building a business and doing all the work and the personal development. Oh my goodness, yes, that was that's something else like that's a whole other conversation for another day. But like, you know, this brand and this business actually helped me become the person I am today. I don't think that Jessica from seven plus years ago would have had the confidence of starting a podcast and having my own show and showing up and being my authentic self. I, I was a doer. I worked for a company that gave me tasks to do and go out and, you know, do this checklist. I am now a much more autonomous individual and I have my voice and I have feelings and I share them and I don't think I would have had the confidence to do any of this, start the show you know, build this brand, build this business if it hadn't been for what I learned over the last seven years with this amazing company and the people that I get to surround myself with every day. So yeah, I guess that's 7.5. Lesson 7.5 is do the work. Do the work. It's so worth it. It's showing up. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck on some days. It's going to be maybe the most challenging thing ever, but it is gonna be so worth it because it is actually going to help you become the person you're meant to be. And I am literally just getting started. I know that this is my seven year anniversary, but I still feel like a baby in this business and that there's still so much to do and so many other people to serve and help and accomplish. And that's why I said I'm actually more excited now at seven years in than I was when I first started because it's all still so brand new and so much ahead of me. So that, my friends, is my I just need an exit strategy. Now, what story? It started out as a quick fix to get me out of a job that I was no longer loving and needing or serving my life in the in the right way. And it ended up being the best blessing, the best gift for me and the hubs our and our relationship and our marriage. That I could have ever have asked for, so I like to tell people when I'm sharing my Arbon story or you know why social marketing could be a good fit for them. I tell them I'm like you know it can be whatever it is that you want it to be, right? If you have aspirations of climbing and ranking up and becoming a, a you know one percenter in the industry and or your brand or your business, that's fantastic. That's great. That's a good goal to have. Run for it, but. It doesn't need to be that for you, or at least in the start. If you just need something to help you get on the track and start rolling rolling and moving, if it's you just need a community, if you just need to surround yourself with some other amazing people, if you just need a few hundred bucks to pay one bill a month and make the things a little bit easier, if you just want it to be your social outlet or something that you do... For you, like if you're a busy mom and you got all this stuff and it's all about the kids and this, and you just have this one thing that you're like, you know, this is mine. This is what I get to do. This is my escape. This is where I get to be creative. This is where I get to express myself. Great. You know, Arbon or any other social marketing business can be whatever you want it to be for you. So you can jump all in and swim with the big fish and become a national vice president or a leader in your company or you can just take out of it whatever it is that you need. $300 a month, $400 a month, that's fine. And you can also stay as long as you need to. Again, I never intended on going past a couple of years, but I fell in love with it. So just be open to the idea. Let it serve you in however you need it to serve you in the moment. But then also just think about like what if. What if this could be a bigger thing? What if this could serve more people? What if I could actually... Use this as a vehicle, not only to help me, but help others. So that, my friends, is my episode for the month. I hope you enjoyed it. I am celebrating all month long, and so I really hope to see you on social. You can follow me at jess.loves.life and hang out with me over there. And if you are interested in learning more about this beautiful brand and this business and having a conversation, you know where to find me. Come check me out at... uh, (laughs) hello at jessicastevens.ca. Drop me an email. Happy to have a conversation with you because one thing that I love more than life and this podcast is sharing the beautiful gift of arbon with other people. So that's it for me. Have a good day and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say.